0: Welcome to the Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we read from Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of Yahweh has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But Yahweh will rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult. Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of Yahweh. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you. The rams of Nebaioth shall minister to you. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar, and I will beautify my beautiful house. Who are these that fly like a cloud and like doves to their windows? For the coastland shall hope for me the ships of Tarshish first to bring your children from afar their silver and gold with them, for the name of Yahweh your God and for the Holy One of Israel, because he has made you beautiful. Foreigners shall build up your walls, and their kings shall minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor I have had mercy on you. Your gates shall be opened continually, day and night they shall not be shut, that people may bring to you the wealth of the nations, with their kings led in procession. For the nation and kingdom that will not serve you shall perish. Those nations shall be utterly laid waste. The glory of Lebanon shall come to you, the cypress, the plain, and the pine, to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious. The sons of those who afflicted you shall come bending low to you, and all who despised you shall come down at your feet. They shall call you the city of Yahweh, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas you have been forsaken and hated, with no one passing through, I will make you majestic forever, a joy from age to age. You shall suck the milk of nations, you shall nurse at the breast of kings, and you shall know that I, Yahweh, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Instead of bronze, I will bring gold, and instead of iron, I will bring silver, instead of wood, bronze, instead of stones, iron. I will make your overseers peace and your taskmasters righteousness. Violence shall no more be heard in your land, devastation or destruction within your borders. You shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. The sun shall be no more your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light. But Yahweh will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself, for Yahweh will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning shall be ended. Your people shall all be righteous, they shall possess the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I might be glorified. The least one shall become a clan, and the smallest one a mighty nation. I am Yahweh. In its time, I will hasten it. This is the word of the Lord. This text is a, a wonderful text of comfort and rejoicing for God's people, the church. It starts right away in verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come. You can ask your family today, what is our light? Who is our light? And we know that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. So this is a reference to salvation here, as the whole chapter is. Verse 2, sin covers the earth. We know this is true. But Yahweh will rise upon you. So while the earth lies in darkness, salvation has come to you. Again, the light of the world. And now you have that light. Nations shall come to your light. This then is Matthew chapter 5 where we learn from Jesus that we are to be light to the world because we are shining Christ to them. We are sharing Jesus with them, the good news. We're sharing that gospel. Imagine, this is a a good one we can walk through with our family, imagine the whole world being in darkness, complete and total darkness. You can't see anything and it lasting for days. And then suddenly in the midst of all that darkness, there's a light. Maybe it's just one small part of your community that has light. What do you think all the people are going to do? They're going to they're gonna go to the light. This is the way the Bible describes faith and talks about what it's like to be a Christian. The world around us lives in darkness, but you have the light of Christ. Let that light shine. Share Jesus with others because nothing else matters. All the things, the daily trappings of this world that we get so caught up in, the sports box score, it doesn't matter. It will not matter in paradise who won the Super Bowl this year. Not one bit. It will not matter who was elected president in the upcoming election. In paradise, it won't matter. What matters is Christ. And that your neighbor trusts in Christ. So let the light of Christ shine through you. Love your neighbor every day, however you can. Verse 4, your son shall come from afar. So there's a restoration of Israel, but it's not just Israel. We've seen it time and again in Isaiah, and it's coming up throughout this chapter as well. This is also for the Gentiles. And because people are coming to the church, because they are seeing the light of Christ... Your heart shall thrill and exult. We rejoice. We rejoice every time someone comes to faith. It is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, And we learn that of the New Testament, the angels as well, that there is much rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. Truth. Great truth. The wealth of the nation shall come to you. Verse 6 mentions camels. We don't normally think of camels in our American setting as, as something of war. They were, could be used as animals in in war. They could carry supplies, cargo for for soldiers. They could carry the soldiers themselves. Um, They could be used to lead the Israelites into exile. So uh, what was an animal that was used against Israel is now simply going to come to Israel. They shall bring gold and frankincense and good news. Do I even need to ask? <laughs> ask your children what this one connects to. New Testament, the Magi visiting baby Jesus. Uh, great stuff here. Good. Good connections. Verse 7. Acceptance on my altar. God will accept the peoples of the world. Nebaioth, Kedar Gathered together. The sacrifices of these people will be accepted in the temple. God has invited the world to come to the foot of the cross of Jesus. The last words there, I will beautify my beautiful house. So the house of God is already beautiful. It's beautiful because he's in it. But now, how does he say he's going to beautify it? How does he say he's going to make it even more beautiful? By adding people to it. He's going to bring you in. He's going to bring in the nations and beautify his house. That's a really neat phrase. And it connects down to verse 9. Because he has made you beautiful. Salvation is the referent there. That you have been cleansed of your sin. It's your sin that makes you ugly. It is your sin that makes you disconnected from the Lord. And that's taken away. And I know that phrase probably just sounded odd that it's your sin that makes you ugly, but in a way it's true. You think of Adam and Eve in the garden, they were perfect. They had no shame, as you read in Genesis chapter 2, right there at the end of the chapter. They were naked and had no shame. There was no body image issues, there were no issues of the, the appearance of the self. It wasn't until after the fall into sin that that became a problem, and it was an immediate problem. As soon as they sinned, they looked down. God is making you beautiful through the blood and, and body of Christ and the Lord's Supper that you get to receive each and every weekend, a wonderful gift. Now, it's not going to change your literal physical appearance, but you are redeemed, you are saved. And in paradise, there will be no comparison. There will be no body issues whatsoever, once again, because we will no longer look down we will have our eyes oriented to the creation around us that we get to love and care for one another as we serve the Lord in his temple day and night. Verse 10, actually verse 8, sorry, skipped over a little bit there. Can you stop a cloud? I can't, and neither can I stop the nations from coming to Jesus. Simple point right there. All the nations are coming. The coastlands shall hope for God. The ships of Tarshish are going to come. Verse 10, Cyrus does this, builds up the walls, pays to rebuild, serves the Israelites. In God's wrath, he struck them, so exile, but in his favor, he has had mercy, so restoration. They are punished for their rebellion, but then they are restored, they are redeemed. Your gates shall be open continually, day and night they shall not be shut. You shut your city gates out of fear. Just like shutting your front door on your house. You fear an enemy. You fear a thief. You fear someone coming to harm you or your family. And it will no longer be necessary to close the gates of the city. So this is not uh, the temporal reference to 517 B.C., this is paradise that becomes the reference here. There will be no more enemy to fear. Verse 12, they will perish. The enemies of God will perish. As we look down at verse 14, part of God making his power known, uh, seen before in other spots in the Old Testament, some, sometimes you see these groups that they ally themselves to God's people. They bind themselves to God's people out of fear of the Lord. I mean, you can go back to the book of Joshua. You can see a group do that. They, they fear Yahweh so much that they lie to Joshua about who they are to form an alliance. They make a covenant with him in order that they get to live in the land and, and be left alone. They'll serve. They'll even be servants. They just want to live. A fear of Yahweh was instilled in that people um, by the work of God. And so we see that here in verse 14 as well. With verse 15, I want you to think of the Beatitudes. So whereas you have been forsaken and hated, I will make you majestic forever. Think of Matthew chapter 5 verse 10. Blessed are the persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's the picture here. As we live in this world of darkness, and the darkness assaults the light, the darkness hates the light, We will be hated. But God is making us majestic forever. Verse 16, he is our Lord. He is Yahweh. He is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. He is the Mighty One. All these names. Verse 17, he's going to make things better, stronger. You know, replacing bronze with gold, iron with silver, wood with bronze, stones with iron. He he makes all these things better. The thought of attacking a city fortified in, in metal, whether it's bronze, iron, or even gold or silver, would have been an overwhelming thought at that point of history. It's an odd thought to us today to have an actual fortified city. Um, we militarily, we function differently in the 21st century, but if you're taking an army and you have swords and torches and and whatnot, would you rather assault a city built out of bricks or a city with walls made out of iron? They're going to go for the city out of brick. That God is making his people defensible. He's going to care for them. He is their defense in this sense. Their walls will provide salvation, and they will sing praise to the Lord. Verse 19 onward is a reference once again to paradise. We've seen it several times in Isaiah. Here it is once again, uh, this connection to paradise, this, this foreshadowing, this picture of paradise. We want to connect to Revelation 22, verse 5 here as well, where we learn that light is going to come from God. We see that right here. Yahweh will be your everlasting light. Not the sun, not the moon, but God himself. We learn this in creation, that before the sun and the moon existed, there was already light. Because God himself is the source of light and will be in paradise as well. Your days of mourning shall be ended. No more mourning. That's not M-O-R, it's M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. So no sadness, no grief, because there's no death. There is no violence. We see that in verse 21, all shall be righteous. So there's no more sin. They shall possess the land forever. So there's no more war. There's no more death. There's no more fighting. These are wonderful things. And again, glimpses of paradise. The last phrase there, I am Yahweh in its time I will hasten it God does not work by our schedule but by his own he sent Jesus into creation at the proper time and he will send Jesus back into his creation at the proper time Jesus has promised us that that time is soon but we do not know the day or the hour so we live each and every day trusting in Christ as Light of the world, sharing the salvation of God with our neighbor.